Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Coming back at you with another pod. It's only been a couple of days. Just too much going on. Too much to share with you. Got another guest coming up here in a minute. A segment with Scott Richmond, a longtime Ram fan. Beware, this was recorded on Saturday before the Ramsey trade. We were all set to publish it, and then the trade news broke out in the middle of my Sunday recording with Tom and Paul. So we rolled with that podcast. Now we're coming back at you with what Scott has to say about the future of the Rams, how they built this roster for 2023. What else has happened with the Rams in the last few days? Well, well, Matt Gay, officially an ex-Ram, he signs a $22.5 million four-year contract with the Colts. The biggest free agent contract for a kicker in the history of the NFL. And, you know, a while back, I had put Matt Gay at the top of my list of free agents the Rams needed to retain. I was probably overstating that a little bit, and looking back, it probably had no chance of happening if this is the kind of money he was going to get on the open market. I'm glad the Rams didn't pay that much, to be honest with you, as much as I love Matt Gay. They could have slapped him with the franchise tag for just under $5 million a year, I think, and even that might have been just too much. But Matt Gay knew what he was worth, And he wasn't coming back to the Rams because he wasn't going to get that kind of contract. And the Rams are officially under the salary cap, according to SpotTrack, $8 million under thanks to a restructuring of Joseph Noteboom's contract that freed up $9 million. Maybe they'll restructure a couple of more, give them some leeway to make a run at a couple of free agents. So free agency about to break here. It's going to be crazy. There's going to be a lot of surprises. I'm worried if the surprise is the Rams do nothing. Maybe that's the surprise. It's kind of leaning that way, right? There's certainly going to be an exodus of Rams players. It's just a matter of what is the magnitude of this departure. Already gone Bobby Wagner, Leonard Floyd, Matt Gay, and Jalen Ramsey on the trading block. Allen Robinson... Marquise Copeland, not tendered. He will become a free agent. Coleman Shelton opting out of his second year. We could see a reversal in that, though. Rams could still retain him, I think. Other notable free agents, Nick Scott, Ashawn Robinson, Greg Gaines, Taylor Rapp, Troy Hill. I have a feeling this is going to be a bit of a ride for Ram fans. I think we're going to lose a lot more players than we gained during these first few days of free agency. That's just my gut feeling. You know, a while back, I talked about the Rams coaching carousel. Well, now there's a quarterback carousel going on. Let's look at the top end of this draft. The Panthers traded up for that number one pick. Probably going to take Bryce Young. Could be C.J. Stroud. Could be Will Levis. Probably going to be Young or Stroud. The Texans will take one of the two guys that the Panthers don't pick. The Cardinals, they'll stick with Kyler Murray and draft Jalen Carter. The Colts will have the third choice at quarterbacks, I suspect. And the Raiders maybe go with Anthony Richardson. And what is the fallout? The quarterback carousel in the NFC South. The Falcons right now going with Desmond Ritter. They could make a move on someone, though. Derek Carr will be leading the Saints. And the Panthers, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And the Bucks. They're left with Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. Rumors are they're going to make a run at Baker Mayfield. And the AFC South, the Texans will end up with Stroud or Young. The Colts probably Will Levis. The Titans, Ryan Tannehill. And the Jags, Trevor Lawrence. So interesting quarterback constructs in these two divisions, I think. Lamar Jackson, where does he end up? Stay with the Ravens? Sign with the Commanders, perhaps, and Aaron Rodgers, maybe trade it to the Jets. Don't know about that one yet. A lot going on, aside from free agency. Going to be a big reshuffling of quarterbacks in the NFL, but I will stand by my comment. The NFC 
it's still so weak in quarterbacks. Now the Panthers are going to get a young quarterback that could turn into something special. Lamar Jackson could end up with Washington. But look across this conference at all the other quarterbacks. If quarterback is the most important position in the NFL, and it is, the Rams will be in pretty good shape with Matthew Stafford, despite all these players that I have a feeling they're about to lose. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, counting down those top 50 Rams of all time. We're into the 30s now, and we won't have a look at a Rams position group this week. We'll pick it up again next week, or maybe the week after. It just depends on what happens with free agency. We've gotten through the quarterbacks, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, and inside linebackers. Next, we'll look at the defensive line, and maybe we'll know more about Copeland Robinson and Gaines by then to make it a little bit more relevant. We'll be back in a couple of days perhaps with a free agency update. If not a podcast drop, definitely on the YouTube channel. Let's get to our interview with Scott Richmond in a second here. Ready for the underdogs, upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is almost here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Now, for me, I'm leaning on the UCLA Bruins. They lost Jalen Clark for the season, perhaps the best defender in the country. But this is a well-coached team. They're very deep. A lot of people are going to be giving up on them, and the odds should reflect that. Don't give up on our UCLA Bruins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I follow essentially all the Rams coverage, all the major sites, all the networks, and a lot of these guys do a really good job, the writers and analysts. But I've come to believe that some of the best insights, some of the most accurate insights and opinions come from longtime Ram fans that really know the Rams, know their roster. And For example, Paul Wally and Tom Kortz, I've had both those guys on here several times, and it's always super entertaining and really educational. If you are a hardcore Rams fan today, I have another longtime Rams fan on Scott Richmond. How are you doing, Scott? Uh, doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How how did you become a Rams fan? How long you been a Rams fan? Oh, I grew up in uh, I'm in Southern California. Um, grew up about 20, 25 miles outside of L.A. And um, two older brothers uh, and the father. No, nobody was really Ram fans. I started following them, watching them on TV when I was eight or nine years old and kind of fell in love with the horns. However, at that time of the mid 70s, um, you know, with the Rams playing at home games at 1 p.m. Um, and not getting those local feeds, you know, we watched a lot of Raider games from the Oakland Coliseum with Kurt Gowdy announcing. And I kind of got partial to watching Raider games there when I was eight, nine, ten years old on Sunday afternoons. Um, I got to know their roster really well, almost better than the Rams because of the uh, televised games on Sunday afternoons. But the, the Rams pretty much always won me over um, and didn't really get to my first home game until probably I was you know, practically 21 at Anaheim Stadium. Just became hooked on seeing live football. And um, once the Rams moved to St. Louis, acquired more income to travel to St. Louis to see the uh, see some of the games in 99. Uh, I got to see one of the regular season games. I got to see the playoff game against Minnesota. And um, after that, a few years passed, I eventually bought season tickets. I would go back a couple weekends a season 
to see games. I would sell, I would have to sell some of the seats, some of the off games in order to finance some of that, but that worked out quite well um, until they moved back. And when they moved back, it was a, it was a godsend. So um, since then, I've been really avid on following the collegiate players through the end of each season and seeing who is, uh, you know, who's ripe for the Rams to take in the draft and bolster their roster. So following a numerous mock drafts through this time of the year and watching a lot of other uh, draft evaluators and watching uh, whatever film I can find on YouTube of each players has been my um, been my pastime for, you know, January through April, most years, the last 12 to 13 or so. Yeah, thank God for YouTube, huh? It's uh, I, I can spend two or three hours a night just sc- uh, scrolling through YouTube videos of of this and that. that that your experience is similar to mine um i think that, i think there's a lot of fans like paul wallia i think falls into this uh, category he just fell in love with the horns you know the helmet and the uniform and uh fell in mm-hmm. love with them and he's in long island he's he's uh lived his whole life on the east coast but fell in love with the rams that way and uh, i did go to st louis myself to see a game just one game though i don't remember what year it was but it was the uh the game where they uh, retired Isaac Bruce's uh, number. So we talked about a week ago about um, you were going to come on and talk about how you thought the Rams could shape this 2023 roster, uh, free agency, the draft, and retaining players. And chatting with you during the week, uh, it was like the assignment kept changing with all these. uh, It's a moving target, right? Trying to figure out what you maybe have an idea what this roster is going to look like. And then you hear about another guy on the trading block, another guy getting cut and this Coleman Shelton news. I was really surprised about that. I don't know if you heard about that. His, uh, he had the option to walk away from his second year and he is a free agent as well. So um, it's probably mm-hmm. a pretty challenging assignment you had, but I'm going to turn it over to you. How do you, uh, what what do you think the Rams need to do? What do you think this roster is going to look like? Yes, uh, great question. Um, my thoughts have really <laughs> kind of gone gone through the whole cycle uh, this past week. Uh, what I thought I was going to talk about last week is now kind of uh, um, an afterthought. Um, so t- considering what uh, Les Need has talked about, um, recently, he said um, he kind of used the word remodel, you know, instead of rebuild, where other people would refer to it as such. Um, I was thinking, uh, I'm even mentioned on another Ram site last week that I said, mm, with all these moves, it seems like uh, this remodel, it's pretty much turning into a tear off the roof and tear down all the walls and just leave one of the bearing walls in order to meet code. that's a good way of putting it um and what's interesting is les need just came out yesterday in one of his uh in his presser and he just said yeah we're basically just going to pace basically remodel and turn on all the walls and leave leave a bearing wall and i said (laughs) hmm that sounds familiar (laughs) so um with that said he basically said you know we're we're not rebuilding because we're keeping our our main pillars we're 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 keeping Stafford, we're keeping Cup, we're keeping Aaron Donald, and so forth, um, but possibly may may remodel the entire roster. So um, what that leads me to believe is that um, they could be doing something similar to what they did in 2017 when McVeigh came in, and they pretty much overhauled the offensive line via free agency. I can't remember exactly what they did in the draft. I think they drafted Cooper Cup. Uh, in the third round, I think they drafted the other tall, thin, wide receiver in the fifth round. They drafted um, the kid out of Eastern Washington too, the other um, outside linebacker, and Gerald Everett in the second round they drafted. So it was kind of a balance of offense and defense that particular year. But um, I also got thinking about going way back to year 2001 when the Rams' defense just completely fell apart. Uh, they brought Levy Smith in, and uh, they pretty much went mostly defense. With they acquired some number one draft picks. They they drafted um, Pickett out of Ohio State, uh, Damian Lewis. They drafted Adam Archuleta out of Arizona State, and Tommy Pauley out of Florida State. And they really rebuilt that defense along with bringing in I think Kim Herring from the Ravens at the time. And that defense just went to the top pretty quick. So 
I think this year we could possibly maybe see something else where they they do some restructuring um, of some contracts to free up some space and go after uh, some offensive linemen. And then in the draft, pretty much go all defense to rebuild um, who they lose uh, if they trade Ramsey uh, to replace Floyd. Um, etc. Another middle linebacker, a couple more cornerbacks. Um, I could see that as being the modus operandi. Possible. Yeah, yeah. Every time I, I run a mock draft of my own, uh, I take into consideration that you know if Ramsey is gone, we're going to draft at least two cornerbacks. Uh, of course, they could find free agent cornerbacks, but I think the more the reasonable, more realistic approach is to draft a couple. And I agree with you completely. I'm thinking uh, two cornerbacks, an edge rusher, an inside linebacker. That's what they need to do to replenish the defense, I think. So you're saying you think that the restructuring, which I'm surprised hasn't started yet, it feels like that they're uh, taking the dive off the deep end here, you know, eating up all this, uh, all these contracts that are going to really hurt them this year with a I talked to you earlier, potentially as much as $60 million in dead money, and then do some restructuring and go out and use that money that they free up to sign. So you're thinking offensive linemen? Yeah, I was thinking that um, one of the possibilities was, you know, in 2017, they went after uh, the center Sullivan and uh, Andrew Whitworth as left tackle. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but Orlando Brown is a free agent and the the Chiefs did not tag him with the franchise tag. Um, so he's going to hit the market um, and he's probably going to be be the prize because I don't think there really is any other viable left tackles that are, that are going to be available in free agency. So um, I think his cap number or his sa- average salary is somewhere in the 16 to 18 million range when I last checked. So the Rams would have to come up with a, with a, pretty big chunk in order to try to land him. But they do have the means. Uh, when you do look at some of the, the uh, salaries for, um, for example, if you restructured Cooper Cup, you'd save $14 million. If you restructured Aaron Donald, $20 million. A J- If you kept Jalen Ramsey, you restructured him, you'd save 10 uh, Rob Havenstein would say four. Joseph Noteboom would be nine. I mean, you add all those up and that's $57 million. Um, Though they wouldn't do all of them, that's just pushing way too much down the road, <laughs> kicking the can. So, but, but with a combination of those, you could free up enough room to go after one big uh, free agent. Uh, yeah, but- I know people have talked about Dalton Risner and a couple mm-hmm. other guys. So let, let's say, let's follow your premise here. Orlando Brown would be a left tackle. Yes. And note boom, how, what do you think they would do with note boom? Would they repurpose him to a guard position? I think they would probably uh, repurpose him to guard and or leave him as the swing tackle. Just a backup uh, swing tackle. A, yeah, find a way to to restructure his contract. Um, and if, if we can't keep Shelton, uh, or maybe you're hoping we can keep Shelton, mm-hmm. uh, I, a lot of people are not happy with Brian Allen at center. How do you feel about Brian Allen? Um, I feel, I feel basically the same. I think he can be upgraded. Um, one of my other thoughts adding on to the left tackle would be, I really like Jake Brendel from the 49ers. He's a, he's a unrestricted free agent this year. Um, I think he would be an upgrade. Um, he comes off of a, of a salary that's pretty, I'd say for his experience, pretty inexpensive. He was paid in the, around the 4 million, three and a half to 4 million was his salary range this past season. So um, you could possibly bump him up and pay and get him for about $5 million, um, per season. I think he's as good of a run blocker in space that Brian Allen is. And I think the benefit is he is a better pass protector. He has uh, far less number of pressures and sacks uh, given up at the position. And the cherry on top is he's durable. He does not have the injuries. I think he's only missed one game in the last two seasons. So that would be a huge upgrade over Brian Allen. And I wish we knew more about Logan Bruss. I don't know if we can just pencil him in at right guard. But mm-hmm. I think the thing about an offensive line is if you had uh, these two guys you're talking about, um, you don't need uh, five all-stars on the offensive line. You need a unit, a good unit, a cohesive unit. And if it's built around a really good left tackle and a really good uh, center. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd feel a lot better about 
plugging Logan Bruss in at right guard, which we may have to do if Coleman Shelton is not retained. If um, I don't know if Brian Allen could play guard, perhaps he could. How do you feel about a Lyric Jackson? Uh, I like him. If I if I had my choice, I would probably go into training camp with. Um, if they don't go and pursue an Orlando Brown, I would be happy with uh, no boom at left tackle, Alaric Jackson at left guard, somebody like Jake Brendel at center, Logan Bruss at, at right guard, along with uh, having seen at right tackle. I would that would probably be my my first choice. And I guess that offensive line, um, you know, assuming everybody's going to stay healthy and we have a little bit of depth and we're not going to have those types of injuries like we had last year. Uh, I guess the question mark uh, on that with that offensive line would be note boom and pass protection. Um, mm-hmm. That would probably just, just be the the big concern with that unit. But I agree with mm-hmm. you in that I'm not big on drafting offensive linemen early, unless it's a, a top 10, 15 pick where you're getting a, a stud left tackle. Uh, other than that, um, I don't see the Rams using one of their high picks on an offensive lineman. I think you can get a a, a promising interior offensive lineman in the third, fourth, fifth round. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked about the offensive line. Uh, is there another position group you want to talk about next, or you want to just talk about uh, what else do the Rams need to do here to get back to the playoffs in the Super Bowl? I would have to say as far as staying on offense, um, I think the wide receiver room is going to be okay. Uh, I think they just need to draft a player to uh, bring in to compete maybe for the third spot. A player who I really like uh, from Purdue would be Charlie Jones. They call him Chuck Sizzle. Right, I, I, I watched him a little bit. Watch him, yeah. I really like him. I think he's uh, my comp for him would be Cooper Cup. He's just average size, average height, average weight. He looks like he has average speed, but on tape, he is difficult to cover. Um, plays bigger than his size. Uh, he he competes with her 50-50 balls against. DBs his size are bigger and comes down with the ball. Um, he pretty much is he's he has that play speed where he plays faster on on the field with pads on than he does running a forty. Uh, and short. he was, if I'm not mistaken, he can return punts as well, can he? I think he has some experience. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I may be confusing him with someone else, but I th- I think he's the guy that returned kicks as well. Um, and and he's a guy you could probably get. You could probably wait till the sixth round for him, perhaps. Um, I think uh, I'm thinking fifth at the latest. For okay. he could probably go as early as the fourth. But if the Rams hang on to a couple of these fifth round picks that they have, I think that would be a prime spot if he fell to them. I would be screaming to draft him. He's he's one of my uh, you know when you've got your likes, your top five guys that you like in the draft. He's one of them. For yeah, me. nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's. Um, uh, I watched some tape on him. He is. Uh, he's fun to watch. He's one of those yeah. fun guys. When he gets the ball, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other position group is tight end. I think it's. Uh, I think it's one of the stronger uh, position groups in the draft. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it is. I'm one of the ones in the camp of you know. I'm. I'm ready to move on from Tyler Higby. I love Tyler Higby, but um, for his salary, I just think he's just a little bit average. I think we can improve. The receiving ability, the playmaking ability, the blocking. My thoughts would be to leave, uh, let him walk or cut him, you know, either pre-June or post-June, however you do it. Um, and just by the way, talking about cap savings, if, if you did release Higby and Brian Allen, that's $11 million in cap savings for the season. Though it would tag on about $3 million in dead money that we talked about if you did both. But um, right. um my idea would be in free agency to go after uh, Josh Oliver from the Baltimore Ravens. He's coming off his rookie contract. And um, if you respect PFF uh, gradings, uh, he's one of the top top rated run blockers in the league. And uh, oh, okay. that was surprising to me because when he came out of San Jose State, um, he was uh, he was more of a pass catcher than a blocker, but he's really developed his game. Um he would pretty much be a, an inexpensive ad um, that would be affordable to keep him under the cap. Um, I would bring him in, uh, having Hopkins, and then what I pro- what I propose in my mo- my recent mock draft is uh, I would really like Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. 
Um, however, uh, Dalton and uh, Washington from Georgia now being, uh, they're pretty much being mocked in almost in the first round. So I don't know if the Rams are going to be in the range right. to get him, but um, I would definitely find if their second or third round pick, if either Sam Laporta from Iowa, Luke Musgrave, Oregon State, or Tucker Craft from uh, South if either one of those three was available, I would have to jump all over them. I think they have great playmaking ability and great uh, they're great uh, combo players. They have equal uh, blocking skills as they do receiving skills and are fast enough to, uh, uh, let's say when the Rams like to run those uh, inside screens to the tight end, I think they have the playmaking ability to make a player, make a defender miss, uh, beat some linebackers down the field and get extra yards after the catch. I think that's especially true of Musgrave yes. from what I've heard. Now, how do you how do you feel about Zach Kuntz? I know I've been getting overly excited about him mm-hmm. probably. Uh, you know, on one hand, they talk about his combine performance, which I guess every year someone blows up the combine and, and gets overdrafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I mean, it, the guy really excites me, and I was hoping the Rams could draft a guy like that in the fifth or sixth round, but his – Draft capital may have just got uh, went up a round or two. Do you think his game translates to the NFL? Um, not too sure. I'm educated enough yet to answer that. All I've seen him is uh, run and catch some passes. Uh, I haven't seen him on tape do any any blocking. I don't know how he if if he excels at that at this point. Well, that'll be that'll be your next assignment to get back to us on Zach Kuntz. Uh, and and there's probably not as much tape on him because he did play a senior year at Old Dominion, his last two seasons at Old Dominion uh, after transferring from yeah. Penn State. So it might take a little digging to get some tape on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so so talking about tight ends, um, and it, it kind of ties to these trades that might happen. And I don't know what the Rams could get for Jalen Ramsey, but um, if they were able to get a late first-rounder for him, for example— what what I have found is that, you know, if you, if you spend, it's, it'd be so tempting to take a tight end if you had that pick. But then again, you know, your cornerback situation is so depleted. Do you take a tight end, which is really a, a luxury at this point, and pass on a, a really high-rated cornerback? I just don't know if that's the best way of improving this team now to take a, a Darnell Washington and pass on a, a cornerback like mm-hmm. Ringo, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's just a really tough decision that they're going to have to make, and I'm sure Les Snead will mm-hmm. figure it out. But as much as I love some of these tight ends, I just feel like they're they're probably going to have to wait later to take their tight end if they're going to take one. I'd have to agree. I would I would have a difficult time passing on Washington, the tight end from Georgia, <laughs> if the Rams ended up with a late first-round pick and he was there. Um, but I'm probably going to still go edge rusher. I think that would probably be the most pressing need because I think that's I think that's the only way they'll be able to be competitive on defense because they're not going to be able to get enough edge rushers and free agency uh, to be competitive. I'm going to have to take one of the top end, a, a Nolan Nolan Smith or somebody. Um, yeah, the ones I've I've been looking at that would possibly fall to the Rams. Maybe not the the second round pick they have now, uh, uh, because of uh, B.J. Ojolari, uh, Nolan Smith, Keon White. I'm not sure about Henuduke Uzama going back and forth on how much I like him out of mm-hmm. Kansas State, and then Andre Carter the third out of Army. Um, are there the guys? Uh, obviously, you already mentioned Nolan Smith. What about the other guys? Are there any of them? Excite you? I mentioned Nolan Smith just because he is um, presumed to be a late first round by most prognosticators. Um, I'm not as high on him as other people. I my number one edge player is Will McDonald from um, Iowa State. I think he's the most polished player to come in and play outside linebacker in the Rams three four. Um, he's very pliable. He can bend around a tie, a uh, an offensive tackle like no one else in the draft. Uh, he showed at the um, at the combine that he can. I think he won most of his reps against like Darnell Wright and some of the other uh, top tackles. Um, he can he can convert speed to power and just push the tackle back. He can 
bend around him going on the outside or he can spin move to the inside. Um, he doesn't have as many moves as uh, BJ Ojolari, but I think he's more effective um, even at 240 pounds. What's interesting is um, Iowa State played a three-man front and they had him playing a defensive end, which is very odd. And um, so he held up against the run at 240 pounds playing defensive end in the three-man front. But when he had an opportunity to rush the passer, he was he had the highest win rate of anybody in the country. He had 48% win rate when rushing the passer. So he has the skills and the production. And I think if if he's still there at 36, uh, he's my he's my number one. Even if Nolan Smith was available, I'm picking Will McDonald over Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith, I think, is just – I think he's a better athlete right now. He's stronger. He's faster. He probably defends the run better. But he doesn't have the assortment of moves um, to be able to set up a tackle. If he beat, if he gets to the quarterback, it's just because he pushed the offensive tackle far back or just ran around him without much technique. So it sounds like you're um, – so far, to summarize what we've talked about so far – uh, offensive line, build to free agency, uh, early path, early draft picks, cornerbacks, edge, and uh, and if there's a tight end you really love, maybe grab. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Darnell Washington. Yeah, Darnell Washington is one of those guys that there's going to be a day where you have to play against him if you don't draft him, mm-hmm. and you're just going to be like, gosh darn it, <laughs> we could have had that guy. Exactly. Uh, he's not going to be he's not going to be fun playing against. Um, are there any cornerbacks that uh, jump off the screen at you that, uh, I, I, in my opinion, if you're going to be a disciplined drafter, if you're less need, your first three picks might be two cornerbacks and an edge. I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, but uh, you got you to gotta think that's part of the thought process. Are there any cornerbacks you like early? Um, there are some. I just don't think. They're so deep. I don't really think they need to draft one in the first or second round um if if they ended up with multiple picks through the trades and they ended up with a late first and a couple of seconds you know then i'm going to probably entertain the emmanuel forbes from mississippi state oh okay or uh, deontay banks from maryland i would i would think their combination of size speed production um I would definitely entertain those, but uh, I don't think it's a necessity. My my top would be, you know, taking Darius Rush from South Carolina in, you know, in the third or fourth round. I think the way he performed at the Senior Bowl and the way his testing, the way he tested at the Combine, I think he's just as good and uh, would be a better value. Okay. Where do you want to go next? I'll let you ride with this. Uh, sure. Uh, let's, let me uh, talk about a couple more cornerbacks and then we'll, maybe finish up with uh, one piece of uh, offensive lineman that I didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, Sticking with cornerbacks, um, I think um, I basically have two tiers. I've got tier one, which would be, you know, taking somebody in the second, third, maybe fourth round if they end up trading into that round. Um, Again, Darius Rush is my top. I really like Riley Moss from, from Iowa. Uh, he's six foot, 193 pounds, uh, very fast, um, great coverage skills. I, I kind of like the possibility of moving him, drafting him and moving him to safety. I think that would give them the, one of the best cover safeties that they would have in quite a while. Um, I like that option. Um, Julius Brents from Kansas State. He's 6'3", almost 6'4". Um, has decent speed. He runs about a four, five, five, forty. Uh, he has enough speed to stick with receivers on the boundary, but he has great ball skills. Uh, very tenacious. Uh, he he performed very well at the at the Senior Bowl and one on one drills with the wide receivers. So tier one, I like those guys. Now, if you move down into the fifth round and lower, my tier two, um, I really like Alex Austin from uh, Oregon State. He has good size at 6'1", 190, along with uh, Kedron Smith at a Kentucky. He's 6'2", 205, um, bigger corners. And then uh, in the later, moving into the sixth and seventh round, one guy I'm really, he's moving into my, you know, top likes of anybody in the draft, a kid named Starling Thomas out of uh, UAB, Birmingham. He's six, six foot, he's six foot, 195 pounds. 
He runs like a 4-3-40. He is a blazer. He had 14 passes defensed this past season and um, quarterback rating. When thrown against, he only has a quarterback rating of 72, which is very good. Most cornerbacks on average are going to be somewhere between the high 70s and, and 90 as far as quarterback rating. Um, I think he could be a steal in, in the sixth round. Uh, really good. Bring some great speed to the uh, cornerback room. And the last would be a kid from Rutgers who's kind of under the radar, Christian Braswell. He's 5'11", 185 pounds, um, 4'4", 540. Uh, very tenacious. He has great short area quickness, change of direction, and he has decent long speed. So the reason I would like these guys is uh, the NFL, the offense is using so much more crossing routes. Uh, making defenders run, you know, 40, 50 yards across the field to cover. Most defenders can't do it. I think that's where the Rams have to upgrade um, uh, their coverage linebacker, their cornerbacks. They need at least one safety that can that can um, latch onto these receivers on these long crossing routes, which has become uh, a staple of most offenses. So, again, Christian Braswell, he has a passer rating of only 60. So these guys are very, very tenacious and very competitive against the pass. So those are uh, – that's that's kind of it in a nutshell who I like for – Yeah, I, I think in, uh, if Ramsey does move on, they're going to need a, a bigger cornerback, and that's why Brent's uh, – Eric Mulder, one of our guests, brought him up to uh, a big cornerback that can match up against guys like Debo Samuel and – DK Metcalf, and we need that. If I don't think Kobe Durant is the answer as a as a number one cornerback, I like him, mm-hmm. but we need uh, some some size back there as well. You wanted to talk uh, you know, something else about offensive line. You wanted to offensive mention line. I think uh, when we talked about uh, free agency and bringing in a center and a tackle, I also think I think center is important. Uh, I think a lot of Rams fans were just furious when when the Rams passed on Creed Humphrey. What two seasons? Two seasons ago, and went with Tutu Atwell instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't know if the Rams are willing to draft a center and move him into the starting lineup right away. But um, <clears throat> I think there's three that I think are, um, I think it would be great, even if they draft like, even if they were to sign a Jake Brendel from the 49ers to fill in for a season or two. Um, the three guys that I really like that could be available in the third or fourth round. Uh, my first choice would be Joe Tipman from Wisconsin. He's kind of come on and I have much more interest than I did before when the process started. I saw his height of six foot six and I said, no way. <laughs> you can't center, have yeah. Six foot six. But the more that I saw of his uh, testing and seeing some tape on him and some re- some other um, scattering reports, it's like, wow, I think this guy is the deal. Um, tested very well at the combine. Before I started um, looking into Tipman up to that point, Luke Whipler from Ohio State was was the guy, yeah. my number one. Uh, very balanced skill set of run blocking and pass blocking. And following up the last but not least, Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas. He was he was the guy I started looking at first in December, and I said, "Man, this guy's got he's got the stuff that Creed Humphrey has. He's got he's stout, six three three oh eight He's a he's he's an anchor in pass protection, but it just didn't seem like he had quick enough feet to be able to get out and and uh, block in the zone blocking scheme that the Rams use. Uh, the center's got to be mobile; it's got to have quick feet. And some of the scouting reports just really didn't show that, and I kind of soured on him, say, "Well, maybe he's not the guy I think he is." And that's when I found Whipler from uh, Luke Whipler from Ohio State. However, recently at the combine, just last weekend, I saw Stromberg. Uh, Ricky Stromberg do some of the uh, center workouts and boy, he really moved in space a lot better than what I read about. So um, I think he would, he could work in the Rams uh, zone blocking scheme. So I'd have to say if the Rams could come away with either Tipman from Wisconsin, Whipler from Ohio state or Stromberg from Arkansas, I would be, I would be tickle pink. Uh, how about this? They draft Tipman, they re-sign Edwards, and they start four Wisconsin offensive linemen. How about that? Uh, yeah, uh, that would be that would be cool. 
I, I don't. I have a feeling Edwards is uh, is done with the Rams, and I haven't heard anything about him. I know he's a free agent, but those concussions, uh, I think they leave his uh, sadly leave his career in doubt a little bit. I, I don't know what's going on with him now. Hey, here's a question for you: uh, Do you think the Rams should draft a quarterback? Um, yes, if they if they end up with enough picks and get their um, <clears throat> defensive priorities taken care of um i would i really like the kid from houston um clayton tune um he has decent size i think he's six three great production at houston uh he's very mobile he has uh he ran a pretty quick 40 at the combine he can extend plays he seems to be pretty accurate he would be somebody i would be very happy with if they if they invested a sixth round in him, that I think that would be awesome. I think he would. Yeah. If, if I'm playing, if I'm playing less need and I'm trading Jalen Ramsey, I'm hoping to come away with two high picks. I don't know what round, but maybe one in the first one in the second, maybe second and third. I, who knows what, what value he's going to bring back that gets you to 12 picks. You trade Allen Robinson for another pick. Now you're up to mm-hmm. 13 picks. You maneuver around, maybe lose a couple of picks to get into the fourth round, and then you just mm-hmm. you just keep all those picks and bring in eleven or twelve rookies, and you draft a safety, you draft a couple of cornerbacks, an inside linebacker, uh, you know, just spread those picks around and uh, kind of get back to what you just said: draft a quarterback late, someone that you can come in and improve our backup quarterback situation, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it saying much at this point? I don't know how you feel about uh, Wolford and Perkins, but uh, I don't think either of them are the answer. Uh, I would have to agree. I think I'm ready to walk on from Wolford. I think uh, Perkins has some some ability as a playmaker, as a runner, to be able to extend plays, but I just don't know if his accuracy and being able to follow all his reads consistently is, is right. there. So, Yeah, and I don't think McVeigh wants a guy that's going to go off schedule necessarily. He wants a guy that's going to run his offense and hit his first, second, third read, whatever the case may be. And I don't think either of those guys really have it. Um, So uh, uh, hopefully they learn their lesson and they're going to find a decent backup somewhere. Okay, really good stuff. Uh, So we talked about uh, the draft quite extensively, uh, what you think this roster is going to look like at a bunch of positions couple of random questions here. Do you think the Rams can or should retain Nick Scott? Nick Scott, um, I think he was a great player. Um, you know, the Super Bowl year, he made some great plays when, you know, when they had injuries and he had to step in. However, I don't think people notice that he's not very consistent. He'll, he'll make a big pop play here, but, you know, the other 80 plays, he's not as consistent as Taylor Rapp, I think. Um, not a great big, I'm not a fan of Taylor Rapp, so to speak. I'm not for Taylor Rapp. I'm not against Taylor Rapp. I just look at the, some of the statistics that PFF puts out and say Taylor Rapp was where he was supposed to be in, um, following his assignment more consistently than Scott was the way I see it is my point of view. And if they were trying to, if they were going to keep one of the two, my preference would be Rapp just based on some of that information. I think more. Uh, he's more assignment sound than Nick Scott. Taylor Rapp just plays with uh, tenacity. I, I guess they both really do, but Taylor Rapp gets a lot of uh, a lot of Ram fans aren't happy with him for a variety of reasons. But I don't think we're going to be able to afford him. I think he's going to draw uh, a salary that's going to be out outside of what the Rams are willing to pay, given that they have drafted some young safeties and they've drafted them later. And I just don't know if if they can go with Quentin Lake, Jordan Fuller, Russ Yeast, and another draft pick back there. But maybe that's what they have to do. I don't know. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm confident with uh, Quentin Lake, who is uh, being a UCLA football fan. He was <clears throat> he was a big draft pick for me last year. I was I was. Uh, I was pumping my arms when we got Quentin Lake. So I think this next season he's probably going to see more uh, more playing time considering that he had an injury going into – coming out of spring and going into uh, training camp. That limited him. But, um, uh, you know, Fuller has his injury concerns too. He hasn't been able to play a full season 
consistently. So I definitely think they're going to draft a safety late. Um, I happen to like Daniel Scott out of Cal. Um, I think he's a very heady player. Uh, he really can anticipate throws, reads the quarterback well, and he tested at the combine pretty good. So I, he's probably the top of my board for a sixth or seventh round pick. Yeah, just more more evidence that I think the proper plan for the Rams is to accumulate those picks, come out of this draft with 11 or 12 guys sprinkled across different position groups. And the one group we haven't talked about, if you got another moment, is defensive line, you know, Marquise Copeland and uh, Jonah Williams and Bobby Brown, Ernest Brown as well. There's a kind of a big unknown there, along with mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, obviously, Greg Gaines, and Sean Robinson, both free agents. What would be your preference with that position group? Um, first, considering nose tackle, um, I like Greg Gaines. Uh, a side note, he did go to my high school here in the Southland. So I got to oh. see him play in high school uh, before he went to Washington. In addition to stopping the run, I think he's shown great tenacity and hustle and getting to the quarterback a few times in games. Right. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not too sure he, he would be interested in picking up his family and moving, I think he would be somebody that would possibly stay with a hometown discount, so to speak. So right. I would look to say, I would put money that Ashawn Robinson would be the one of the two that's definitely gone because um, he's already moved across the country once or most of the way across the country to take on a new contract. I would see him gone. Um, I would hope they keep gains. Um, I'm really look forward to seeing Bobby Brown hopefully step into that other defensive end position. So have Aaron Donald, uh, gains and Brown as your as your three starters. And some of the other guys, I think are I think they're decent um, rotational players. Though they're rotational, I think they can improve. One of them, um, if the Rams used a fifth round pick on another player, I you know I think somebody like. Carl Brooks from Bowling Green, I think he could come in and be be an improvement over one of those rotational players. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I'm seeing it, too, is uh, I did one mock draft recently where they had accumulated an, an extra two or three picks through trades, and I was really happy with this draft, and not necessarily you know knowing the players probably as well as you do, but uh, it was almost one player for every position group, including running back, which is another position we haven't talked about. I don't know if we need to, because I, I think I think we're set there. But mm-hmm. uh, I would still think they'd draft a running back at some point. The only thing I didn't do, I, I was tempted to, to to draft a place kicker because I hate I, I you know Matt Gay being a free agent is really disturbing to me. It's just such a nice feeling having a place kicker that you can rely on and count on and not have to worry about. And with him being a free agent, we're, we're back to square one as far as that goes, but I'm sure they can find someone. Uh, I don't think they're going to draft a place kicker. Maybe they bring Matt Gay back, but uh, I hope, hopefully they get that figured out too. Yes. I'm not as uh, concerned about it. I think that um, <clears throat> if they really get the, the offensive line um, retooled, and honed to where they were, uh, you know, getting five to six yards per carry like they were in 2017, 2018. I think they're going to get back to scoring closer to 30 points a game, and I think they're going to find place kicking just isn't as important as it's been the past season or two. So yeah. I'm on the fence that if, if Matt Gay, if they let him walk and they have to bring in a, a free agent off the street or draft one, I'm okay with that. Um, it's not a priority for me. I glossed over running backs and uh, – give you an opportunity to speak to that. Are there any running backs you like, or you don't really think they will draft a running back? Yeah, it's a position group that's down the board for me. It's it's not a high priority, but I I, I always like that they had, um, you know, the past few seasons having that larger back. So Malcolm Brown, uh, they brought him back this past season. I like having a, a larger back for short yardage, uh, good pass protector. Um, some people have spoken about uh, Rashawn Johnson from Texas, who's uh, yeah. the backup to um, Bijan Robinson. Yeah, Bijan Robinson. Um, so Johnson, um, I think he would be great. Doesn't have very many miles on his tread. Um, hasn't run much, but has uh, good running skills. He's a good. He's a capable pass catcher. He's a great uh, pass protector. Um, so he's that larger size. You know, 
over 210 pounds, six foot. I would like I would like them to draft somebody like him. Uh, there's a kid from Appalachian State um, that's also in that size range. Um, I just don't want to see them go after another five foot ten, hundred and ninety five pound back. I just don't think that really benefits the team unless they want to bring somebody like that onto the practice squad and keep them for if somebody goes down in the middle of the season. But I do think they need that larger back for uh, less protection. Okay, some good stuff. Is there any parting uh, comments before we sign off? No, I think uh, I think you've worn me out. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want, maybe we'll talk again before the draft or maybe right after the draft. How's that sound? That sounds excellent. Yeah. Or maybe even after this uh, free agency period, which is going to be, you know, if nothing else, things are getting interesting for Ram fans. I mean, there's a lot going on and this could end up being a free agency period that I think there's some surprises coming. I, I don't know what they are. I have no clue. Uh, it's so difficult to predict what Sean McVay and Les Snead are going to do. Uh, but I think there's going to be some surprises. And I think uh, we're going to go into the NFL draft uh, for the first time in a few years where Ram fans will have a lot to pay attention to. And it'll be a little more entertaining than some of the past drafts. Uh, so yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, agreed. It's going to be an exciting offseason. Yeah. Okay, Scott, I really appreciate your time. It's been a great talk and we'll do it again. Okay. Great. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. Forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe, Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama. Hama.